0: Hello and welcome to my latest podcast, Sorry Not Sorry. I used to live for work. Work was what I did and when I wasn't working, I was talking about work. When I wasn't talking about work, I was thinking about work. My first question when meeting new people was usually about work. What they did, what they were interested in doing. You get the picture. In my late 20s, I went to work in government in the UK to do some policy work. I was headhunted and asked to go after meeting lots of civil servants while working on an innovative government-funded project. Working and living in London during the week and living at home in Cheshire at the weekend. Living away from home with my then-partner gave the perfect conditions to work hard, play hard and work even harder. We worked late into the evening, eventually eating from the vending machines dotted around the building. Occasionally, the leftover sandwiches from that day's meetings interspersed with nights out, meals out and drinks on the way home, wherever and whenever that happened to be. A few years in, I was overweight, overwrought, healthy, burnt out and stressed out. I went to the US for a set of meetings over a few days, flew back into Manchester one Monday morning, drove home, showered, changed, unpacked, repacked and then set off to a conference in Nottingham later that day. It was later that day, incoherent with jet lag, that I sat on my bed and thought, what the fuck? The what the fuck feeling didn't go away, and a few days later I was back in London in the normal round of meetings and work, carrying on as usual. The week after I came back down to London from home and a couple of days into the working week, I suddenly found myself unable to move, function or cope with the day. I sat crying on the stairs wondering how I was going to carry on going when a friendly work colleague found me, picked me up, dusted me off and sent me home. Arriving in Cheshire and seeing my GP the next day I was signed off work with stress for seven days. When I asked the GP what I was supposed to do instead of work he said go, get out of here, go and feed the ducks. Go and feed the ducks I thought, go and feed the ducks, I can't do that. I can't just wander around feeding ducks, I've got work to do except i didn't have any work that is i had nothing but space time and more space and the medical permission to stop it only took a couple of days for me to realize that i was actually on hide to nothing that the workplace i was giving my heart soul and health to was actually that a workplace nothing more and nothing less far too much of me had become invested tied up tangled up in who i was what my role was and actually more fundamentally my sense of self-esteem and self-worth, self-love too. But if I didn't have work, then who was I and what was I? I arrived back at work the following week with a different attitude. The feeding of the ducks, both metaphorical and actual, was just enough of a wake-up call to make me realise that I had to change my approach. That work and my desire to do the best that I could, to be the best that I could, was important. But that it needed to be balanced without out with other things, like a life for example. Within time I moved on from that role, eventually and unceremoniously spat out when I had a new manager and my face no longer fitted. I was relatively newly married and my manager suggested that I'd soon be off making babies and not being interested in work. To be honest with the least said about him the better. With time I came to realise that it wasn't actually about me and in some ways it was all about me at the same time. Aside from the fear that I'd soon be off making babies, so it wasn't worth investing in me further, I was too challenging, too clear, asking too many difficult questions. And at that point in my life, early 30s-ish, I had too much energy, too much power, and no real clue how to harness it or use it effectively. To be honest, I was like an unexploded bomb. Tick, tick, tick. I went off in a flurry and a hurry and handed a new, landed a new job closer to home. And set about working achieving a master's degree eventually some fertility treatment later having babies and then working part-time alongside my then husband while we raised the kids expressing milk in a tiny office at work during the day so that i could carry on feeding my first child which i managed for another seven months after returning to work thank you nhs I was still driven but alongside the tracks of home life, raising small children, career progression was something that came alongside being the best parent and partner that I could be. My drive was tempered by the realisation that there was and is more to life than work. The realisation, cynical as it may sound, that you can give your life, heart, soul and health to work and even the most values driven business may spit you out and move on as soon as you're no longer useful to them. My then-husband got made redundant in the summer before our youngest child was due to start school. This happened to coincide with an opportunity for me to return to work full-time, so we swapped our equitable part-time work and part-time parenting roles for me working full-time while he was at home full-time with the children. Full-time work came along just at the point where I knew I wasn't going to have any more children and I was ready to put my heart and soul into something else alongside my family. The perfect job arrived and I put my everything into it. It was the most senior post I'd ever had with the biggest reach, the biggest aspirations, the biggest potential. I put my everything into it and in return it gave me everything. Status, connections, inspiration, challenge, excitement, opportunity, stretch, breadth, initially. Then after the high came the fall. I've talked about this extensively before and I've worked it through in coaching, so there's no need for me to retell that story now. Suffice to say that I went from hero to zero in an organisational context, and to be quite honest with you, it wasn't pretty. I had learnt the lessons of being invested enough to do a great job, but not so invested I didn't lose sight of the important life, life balance, friends, family stuff that I had lost sight of some 10 or 15 years earlier. I had learnt those lessons, but still I worked. I worked hard, I worked like a dog worked and worked and worked, went down the stairs on a Friday night thinking, did I work enough? Did I earn my money? Did I do enough? The experience as well as not being pretty also damaged my faith in organisations pretty extensively. It left me feeling as though I would never ever invest wholeheartedly in an organisation again. It left me hypersensitive to toxic organisations, bullying, political game playing, and an intolerance to confusion that bordered on the pathological. If I'm honest, really honest, it left me broken, shattered and absolutely broken, with no trust in anyone or anything. Sadly, I did not have the ability to experience and sit with that brokenness for very long. I As I was the only wage earner and was not able to secure any sort of redundancy, I had to very quickly get back up and start fighting again. And what I mean by fighting was start hustling for my next position. Very soon after that, I set up my business and started what feels like a long road back to some sort of balance. Funnily enough I actually want to say sanity, a long road back to sanity, but that isn't really the right word, because there, there, was, there was and there is nothing particularly insane about me. I'm not saying that with hindsight I could have maybe done some things differently, of course that's true. Fundamentally though, the insanity I'm talking about was sat within the structure. A series of fantastic work opportunities followed, working with some great people doing interesting things. Along the way, I initiated a divorce, moved house a couple of times, learned how to be a single parent, established a new relationship, learned how to co-parent, learned a shitload about myself, trained to be a coach, learned a shitload more, and i carried on working, learning, and working some more. I've now worked for myself for nearly seven years, and along the way, amongst other things, I spent a few happy years working with my now partner's business. A great opportunity, but one that I decided to move away from at the end of 2020, selling my shares and drawing some lines with. It was a really agonising decision, and as much as it's grieved me, it was absolutely the right one, as it's given me the opportunity to redraw some boundaries, keeping home and work a little bit more separate, and focus on the stuff I love, and more slowly and graciously towards the things that professionally and personally really light my fire. So what's the point of this? It started out with sorry, not sorry, and it'll end with why I'm sorry and not sorry. My children were long awaited and hugely, massively, almost incomprehensibly completely loved. All the years before having them, I felt a sense that something was missing. And between them and my now partner, the place we live, the life that we have, and the tribe that surround me, I have absolutely all that I need. Before I got divorced, I got to see my children every day. I got to wake up with them, I got to kiss them goodbye, I mostly got to put them to bed. And I would always, as in always, sneak into their bedroom at night to sniff their heads and tell them that I loved them before I went to sleep. The impact of being divorced, no matter how amicably, is that I don't see them every day. I don't hear their after school, who said, she said, they did tales every day. I don't cook their meals every day. I don't wash their clothes every day. I don't even know some of the clothes that they have. I don't put them to bed every day. I don't get to sniff their heads and tell them I love them before I go to sleep. My choice, the right choice for so many reasons, but my choice has and will continue to have consequences for the rest of my life. I also made a choice at the time that I realized I would only see them for 50% of the time, that I would make that 50% count. That means working flexibly, working at home or locally, working so that I can drop off and collect, working so that they have my attention and focus, working so that I don't work holidays. So I'm sorry, not sorry, because this choice means that I continually want to make choices about the work I will and will not do, the places I can and cannot go to, the flexibility I need to have in the way and when I work so that the 50% counts as much as it can. I no longer have a career in the traditional sense. I do work that I can do flexibly and then I move on to the next piece of work and it will be more or less the same until they're fully birthed into adulthood. I've never really spoken about this before because to be quite honest with you I've always felt slightly ashamed. Part of me fear is that I'm less of a mother for not seeing my kids every day, that I'll be judged and that somehow I made a selfish choice in putting myself first. It's taken me a long time to move past this and to assimilate um, this into my way of thinking and being, that actually, it's okay. And that even if my choice was about putting myself first so that I could be the best parent, mother, role model, loving relationship model that I possibly could be, and even if they don't understand why and maybe never will, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about the type of work that I do please visit www.wildflowerfire.co.uk.